Is it? Is it? Yeah. Well, you can look at the chat thing and they'll tell you if there's audio. Well, you have to look at the chat. You have to click the chat thing on the side where it says chat. Yeah. So people. I should. Huh? Yeah, I will. I'm going to share. My case looks like someone's been nibbling at the sides of it. <laughs> um, oh, there's chat up, but I don't know if Rumble's up. Oh, there it is. Tori says she just started streaming. Video is marked unavailable. Uh, what? <laughs> I just got a notification that I'm live and it just said unavailable right now. No. Rumble. What is going on? Am I on? Oh, I am on. Oh, great. And everyone's just watching me look at my phone. Give me a second. I need to share. <laughs> um, am I? Huh? Okay. So I'm on all the, yeah. It's, Rumble is always delayed. So, so first of all, before I start, since we... I just wanted to show these amazing non-voters, right? They're underage. They have their own, you know, Tory for Secretary of State. These are the best voters. So they're the best. And they use my color. Black because it's slimming, red because it's hot, right? <laughs> All right, so... So I can't believe I'm in Toledo, right? The last time I think I um, really delved deep. Well, no, I was in Toledo a while back when I first moved here. I stopped here to eat with Gavin's um, brother-in-law, actually, um, from Ikea. I went to get a bed because, you know, I had just moved to Ohio and I didn't have a bed. So um, I think it was a couple weeks after I moved. I was like, you know, I'm on the floor with a mattress. You know, it just reminds me of you know, places where Hunter Biden frequents. So we went and <laughs> we went and got <laughs> a bed and it was actually, um, you know, during the first lockdowns in Michigan, as you guys know, was what, what, you know, you come out of the bathroom stall without a mask on and they were like, oh, you need to leave the store. And it's like, okay, I was just in the stall. You wouldn't have seen me like, um, so, but before that in, uh, 2019, I had, um, gotten interested in Toledo because some money trails from, uh, uh, Clinton management energy services led me here and, um, Clinton management energy services shared the same address as Enron in Texas. So that got very interesting. And then, you know, public utilities came up. I'm like, Ooh, what's this? And then first energy came up and I'm like, damn, this is exciting. And, um, suddenly it led me to an open case in Ohio about Enron that, you know, was waiting for a response from another party. We're talking like 2002. I, I, I believe in my podcast, I was talking about it. And, um, I sent an email to the court asking them, Hey, you know, What's going on? Can we like move this case along? It's been a little bit slow, hasn't it? It's like 2019. We're about all over 15 years late. Can we 
what's the outcome of this Enron case? And within uh, four weeks, that case had motions to, you know, purge and seal and it was gone. And, you know, that tickled my fancy a little bit. And then I found the Ohio Republican Party all intertwined with Enron and Clinton management, Clinton Energy Management Services. That led me to uh, South Carolina. Um, And then this name kept coming up, Householder, but it seemed like he was the front guy. So I was just, you know, whenever I search things online and, 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 uh, you know, most reporters I actually work with um, do the same thing. You send it to the FBI before you publish, right? And um, so I did send it there. And then, you know, minute I land in Ohio, what happens? They roll up Householder. I'm like, oh, wait, I remember that name. Because <laughs> there was some money stuff going on with um, public utilities. So, holy Toledo. So I'm here. <laughs> and you guys are amazing, Right. Um, it's amazing to see all of you out here. I got to speak to some of you. Um, some of you are from Michigan too, which is great. Um, that are listeners. And, um, and one thing that struck me is that, you know, we're just people, right? And we're going up against a very well-oiled, corrupt system in general, right? It feels like, you know, it's overwhelming, you know, it's a giant and it's suffocating to us. But the reality is it doesn't exist without us. And as people, right, we should recognize the power that we have as people. And yesterday I was feeling a little bit trolly and I was a little bit upset, you know, um, uh, emotionally because my friend was to go undergo surgery, but they canceled it. And I figures because I was a little bit stressed out earlier today because I was calling the hospital and they were like, well, we'll get back to you. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, did something happen? And it turns out they pushed it to Tuesday because the blood that we all donated, um, you know, from around the United States, we were providing unvaccinated blood and plasma. And that was more my concern. The plasma had not arrived. So it was rescheduled for Tuesday. Um, and the doctors felt comfortable doing that. So that's fantastic. Um, and maybe, you know, as, as I was online feeling, you know, frustrated, I did come across a post of a young lady who suggested that we all um, maybe that she would create a nonprofit or something. And I'd be like, hey, yeah, you know, I know at least half a million people that would be totally on board with helping you with unvaccinated blood and, you know, providing it. I know a lot of people are under the impression <clears throat> that if they're around people, that are the same blood type or donors like me, because I could give to all of you, but probably less than 1% of you can give to me. Well, probably none, but you know, it's, you think that they can just come to the hospital and donate it. That's not the case because kind of like our government, it's a very structured system and it's very rigid that disallows outside influence. Right. Now, fortunately we're the consumers in that system and apparently we're not allowed to influence how it operates. It's almost like our politics, right? The people that are sitting in seats dictating our everyday lives and ability to access information, services, and and how we operate and and even mess with our money uh, are a closed system that we are not allowed to influence even though we are the ones that created the system. And it blows your mind if you think about it. 
um, I'm, I'm actually more excited to be here because Toledo, I feel out of all the cities in Ohio, doesn't get as much love as others do. Uh, I, you know, I feel that politicians don't find it important, right? Um, I feel that, uh, the, the citizens of, of Toledo are kind of left to the wayside, like, you know, oh, they're kind of like Michigan. It's like Pensacola, Florida. It's Florabama, right? And they kind of like, yeah, maybe it's like an afterthought. Whereas Toledo is actually um, a strong center of old political movements. Um, and for some reason, that's been transplanted to the capital when that's usually not the case. If you look through history, the capitals of states, yes, that's where the capital of the government of the state is, but usually it's the Kamopolises, right, or the non-capital cities that dictate the policy. And so I believe that the, the problem that we have as a state in Ohio is that muddying of, you know, listening to the voices of all the cities that contribute um, to the conversation, considering, you know, Holy Toledo was the one that kind of blew up this whole energy scandal, right, Enron, right, the money laundering in the GOP, right, DeWine's funny stuff, right? So, so thank you for having me. I guess since I'm going to be here for, a, you know, a little bit more longer, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to just, you know, we're going to have time for questions, which is great. I wanted to inform you of something that is contrary to popular belief. I'm super excited that the Supreme Court of Ohio um, denied my rate of mandamus on both counts. And I'll explain to everyone why this is amazing. Um, when filing the writ of mandamus, uh, you know, I, all the lawyers that helped and they're amazing people, right? We're like, yeah, you know, the first count, definitely they're giving it to you, right? There is established case law from the Supreme Court going back to 1968. It would be preposterous that the Supreme Court of Ohio would even pivot away from well-established case law from the U.S. Supreme Court. And then the second part, you know, and that was treating independence the same way, right? Ohio has a history of not treating non-two-party system candidates differently. And, you know, obviously, if the Supreme Court has made a couple of decisions, like a few, not a couple, a couple means two, so more than two, let's put it this way, decisions as case law against the state of Ohio and the way they treat non-Democrat, non-Republican candidates. But they did it anyway. And that just amplifies and reinforces the audacity people in office and in power that we gave them feel you know, that they could just do whatever they want and it's unchecked and they can do as they please. Now I'll explain to you what they did and I'll explain to you the reasoning behind what they did. And well, the mitigation, I'm going to speak with something more open, but you know, you don't really tell the enemy exactly what you're doing, right? Especially when you're contemplating. So, um, the second, uh, count in my case was uh, that I said that, you know, the law says that I am allowed to inspect the vote. So the first one was I should have poll workers 
just like the Democrats and Republicans, they have appointed poll workers that can go in the back, look at the machines, look at all the process, right? Not just poll watchers. We're talking like to inspect everything from ballot to machine. As an independent, I'm not afforded that. I'm a second rate, right? Applicant for the job, apparently, because I don't have a DNR next to my name on the ballot. And I'm actually quite proud of that, considering that both parties has failed, you know, the population that they believed represented them, right? We are all dis d disenfranchised. Democrats and Republicans are disenfranchised completely. And so I was denied the right of equal opportunity to appoint poll workers like the other parties do. And the Supreme Court reinforced that. In fact, they made up some statement that I can go ask five other independents to sign on with me. But we all know from our ballots, I'm the only statewide independent. So how am I going to find another four people to sign up and give me permission to do it? And if you see the response that the alleged Secretary of State, I'd like to call him a globalist, um, wrote he had a guy signing an affidavit saying that there were nine more independents. That's a lie. They're write-ins. They're not independents on the ballot. Therefore, they don't qualify to give me permission to look at the polls. So it was a lie. And the court, again, sided with that. And that's okay because the majority of them are on and up for re-election. So they had, well, in, well, they had intentions and obviously they benefit from denying me the ability to count the votes. The law clearly states that you as a candidate have the right to inspect the counting of the vote. That means I can watch you count one and one and one and one. But we all know that the counting is done in the darkness. You know, within counting software that we're not allowed to know who wrote it and how it's done and how it counts. You can't check to see if it's straight counting code. You're not allowed to see it because national security, of course. But the law says that I can inspect it. And they denied me that too. But the thing is, <clears throat> reading it, it was so lame. They didn't even answer the question. They circularly were kind of talking about maybe this and the source code. It's, it's almost like there's a saying, we, we intertwined our thighs, like we lost ourselves, right? It's like, as if they didn't, they were writing something and then they forgot what they were talking about. So they started on something else. Like I, I urge you guys to read their opinion because it was so unprofessional and so unkempt put together considering they're Supreme Court justices and a few of them are running for office of chief justice of the Supreme Court office. And they're on the ballot. Most of these people that said, no, you have no rights. You're a third rate citizen. You're not entitled to it. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. That would be allegedly technically correct if I was, I don't know, a Green Party or a Libertarian. And you're going to be like, how dare you say that? Just hear me out. But I'm actually an independent, unaffiliated. That's 75% of Ohio, right? 75, over 75% 75 of Ohioans are documented, independent and unaffiliated. That means the Supreme Court just decided today 
that over 75% of Ohioans do not have the right to be heard and do not have the same rights as the corporate-sponsored parties. But that's okay because I'm excited about it because the fact that they denied the first one, which is evident and well-established Supreme Court, you know, precedent gives me better footing to say, hey, Supreme Court, you don't have to look at something that's new anymore. You've already decided this. Can we hurry this along? So it's given me an even stronger voice to not have to apply to the Supreme Court and wait because what they did was that the Supreme Court delayed their hideous and, you know, confusing response for over a week, right? They took an extra week. It was supposed to be last Friday. It's this Friday, right? And we know that not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday we have elections. And we all know that you can't overturn elections that are already done. They won't let you. It'll cause chaos. I mean, I suggested in 2020, hey, why don't we just decertify all the states because the machines are not certified? That would cause chaos. And I was like, good, let's do it. And everyone was like, you're nuts. And it's like, then a year later, they're like, let's do it. And I was like, yeah, you're a bit late. You should have listened to me in November. We should have done it. So I can't help all of America from the way I see it. But there might be an avenue that we could do something in Ohio that can then, within the first 90 days, I'm trying to see how that the rest of America can actually use. I mean, these are unprecedented times. So we need unprecedented reactions, actions, and mitigation. And, and this is where we're at. Now, um, all of you that are here, some of you listen to my podcast for a short time, a long time. So I know a lot of you um, have seen that I haven't done any podcasts, but I remind you that over a year and a half ago, I did tell you there'll be a period of time that I won't be doing podcasts, almost like I knew. And, um, <laughs> but I had said so many times and reinforced to you that it is the time that we are taking back our nation. And after speaking with some of you, every little thing you've done, you know, like the gentleman that spoke to me about going to the federal court on his own about the mask mandates in school, right? He had the courage to do that. And a lot of us did, right? And he was denied to represent his child in court. And my argument, if anybody actually read my federal case, was, well, Judge, I get what the lawyers are saying and what you're saying, but, you know, are you saying because I can't afford an attorney that my kid doesn't get afforded civil rights? And so that made him ponder. So I even put the request in, then appoint her an attorney. Appoint her an attorney for free. And so the case just sat there since February of 2022. And um, almost 30 days ago, the federal court dismissed my case saying that I have no right to represent my daughter. That's okay. Because today we filed our appeal letter to Kavanaugh. And as you all know, when I filed this, why did I say it was imperative the parents do it per se? Because they're coming for our kids. And if we can't stand up for our kids and we don't have these rights written in law or created by case law, we're screwed. And so while other people laughed and mocked that we were all going pro se, there was a method to the madness. 
where did they get? Absolutely nowhere. We're all of us absolutely somewhere, right? We're in the sixth circuit and it wasn't about the masks, right? Yeah, it was, it was the reason, right? But it was about us having a valid case with the masks to demand that we have the rights to represent our kids. Because what people don't seem to understand is litigation is very expensive. And we're not talking criminal or traffic court, right? Civil litigation is like, you know, anything I've raised in my campaign has gone to the lawyers and anything people are donating are going to the lawyers, right? Like we scrummaged and saved <laughs> to get TV ads, which by the way, will start on Monday on MSNBC, Fox and CNN. So keep your eyes peeled during Maddo's show to have Tori's commercial playing, right? All right. And, and the thing is, a lot of people are like, why are you going to do that? You should do this. And it's like, dude, that's like troll, troll level expert, right? Isn't it? And, and either way, uh, you know, we're doing it. It's us because that's actually our voice, all of ours collectively, right? We're tired of the failed two-party system, right? And it was President Trump that showed us that. He demonstrated that throughout his presidency, just how failed it was. And <laughs> so yesterday, feeling trolly, you know, when I put on my little black hat, right? Anonymous accounts that are verified. I don't know how that works. Really, I don't. <laughs> I don't. You know, when I can, how can you take someone seriously with a name like Barking Dog or something? Like, seriously? Um, they were like, oh, that's siphoning the votes, you know, with a third party. And we don't need a Democrat. And this is ridiculous. Red all the way. And I was like, okay. So that would be true if you didn't have another viable option. Right? I'm not Jill Stein. I'm not pushing climate change down your throat. I'm actually exactly what the people want. Frank LaRose is not. Right? And, you know, it's all these people that are claiming to be, especially the hard conservatives. You know, this is a Christian nation. It's based on Judeo-Christian values, but it's not Christian. Let's be straight. Right? And this and that and this. And it's like, wait, so you're going to just vote for that person, even though you have a viable, non, you know, nasty funded option. Is that what you're telling me? Because, you know, all of us went through the pain of what Pfizer did to our family. Some of them took the vaccine. Others have died. Others have gotten cancer. People lost their jobs. Your kids can't participate in sports. Some of you couldn't sit down in restaurants. And yet here we are throwing backing behind people funded wholly by Pfizer. And then, you know, there's Les Wexner, which we all know who he is, right? And, you know, people are like, oh, she's crazy talking. About Here's the thing. He got like, what, another $5,000? Did, did LaRose need the 5000 when he's raised two, raised $2 million? So why didn't he return it? You see what I'm trying to say? It's all about principles and morals and values. And that's something that people don't look at anymore. And I went into a conversation. See, this is why Republican voters, and I said this, are stupid. And here's why. The lefties, they will walk away from the Democrat Party in a heartbeat. Right? They will. You can stop at a drive-thru. While you're driving through, going home tonight, and you go through a drive-thru, ask them, 
hey, if you were to vote right now for XYZ position, Senate, Secretary of State, and you've got a Republican, a Democrat, or Independent, who are you voting for? How much you want to make a bet they're going to tell you Independent? Especially the super rabid leftists. The ones that foam at the mouth and spit because they can't articulate what they want to say. Why? Because they're against the corporate control. But they refuse to vote Republican even though they feel safer with someone like Trump because they believe that their values are too rigid for them. But they will 1 million percent vote for an independent. So when they get their ballot, the odds are so ever in my favor that if they're not, you know, one of those ushered people that are told what to do and they see, they're more like, and be like, you know, let me give it to that independent. But the right is not. The right doesn't think of their needs. Hmm? The left will. Think about it. I, I Just ponder on that for a second. To say, damn, you mean a leftist has more common sense than me? At least they already know they don't want corporations. So they'll step away from the Democrat Party. That's They stick by that value. Well, conservatives have some values too. Right? They don't, some of them don't want abortion, no matter what. No capital punishment or yes, capital punishment. No curbing of free speech. We don't like human trafficking, child trafficking, right? Pedophiles. We don't like all those people. We don't like big corporations like Pfizer telling us what to do. But yet we're voting for people that are supported by all those things, even though there's a viable option. See, I'm not saying we're supposed to vote, even if it's corrupt. Oh, and that was the other argument someone said. Well, so-and-so won in the primaries and someone genius. And so are you saying the machines only rig general elections, not the primaries, right? And I was like, see, the, the disconnect is there. While we mock the left, right? The right is no different, right? This is why we had the digital red string gang, you know, make everyone look nuts when they're talking about things that are actually real and they mock them because we, we, we get encouraged and swept away almost like some people at J6. They were there enjoying their time, right? And I remember one person was like, Tori, I feel so embarrassed. I like, you know, did this. And I was like, you know, it's like being a Nirvana concert in the mosh pit. You know, you just get carried away. And we do get carried away, especially when we're passionate about things. So that's normal, right? But we have to value our voice and our vote. You know, and I encourage everyone to, you know, look at the candidates that are in front of you when you're voting, right? Always look. And if you have a viable, if you're like, so like, yeah, there's no way, you know, leftist, nah, that's why we all go red. Well, if there's another viable option, examine it. Always look at it. <laughs> For example, in my county, Cuyahoga County, you guys know it's super blue, right? They always have Democrat judges. Accidentally, a Republican was put in, right? And I was like, damn. I was in an event in East Cleveland, and the gentleman was there, and they said, well, what do you think about this? He's like, well, I can't speak for it. I'm a judge. Politics shouldn't be involved in the courtroom. That dude got my vote forever and a day just with that statement. He's like, my opinion doesn't matter on this because that's not why I'm here. I'm here to tell you that I'm not going to bring any politics or my opinion into the court and I'm going to stick to the law. And that's why I'm adamant about, you know, get into secretary of state. That's fantastic. You know, I walked into a race where the odds are against me and even the people that have the same values in, as me target me. 
I'm in the arena fighting. I'm sweating. I'm bleeding. I'm being chastised. And I have people targeting me while they do it from the comfort of their lawn chairs, wiping Doritos on their shirt. Right? Oh, that's nice. Oh. <laughs> what ringtone was that? That's a nice ringtone. Oh, am I touching it? Yeah. That's a nice ringtone. <laughs> totally distracted me. <laughs> but uh, so Secretary of State, I'm walking in with usually getting 4%. Now, there is a possibility, crunching some numbers, and six inches between my ears that just, um, that maybe this year the vote in the Secretary of State will be 37%, you know, 28%, another 30-something percent. Who knows? And this is something that I'm hoping we can ensure that the 37% falls toward the independent by word of mouth. The only way that we can beat the system is by not playing the game. And so for me, as having discussions with my lawyers today, as we, you know, arrange for a whole weekend of let's write this lawsuit <laughs> and then we have to do special paper for the Supreme Court and all this. I, the undertone of how they treat people that do not want to subscribe to the blue cage or red cage is sad. State and federally funded, you know, organizations that put out voter, voter um, lists where they just inform the citizens of every single person that's on the ballot have omitted my name and I'm on the ballot. And we're not talking before September 21st. They're printing it in October. PBS put an article talking about, you know, the secretaries of state in the beginning of October, and I was already on the ballot, and I wasn't even mentioned. You know, the Center for Christian Virtue, you know, obviously was reprinting their voter guide after I was placed on the ballot, and they didn't make the edit, which actually is a tax violation. So, you know, those are IRS codes, you know, when you claim to do something. So the question is, why omit an option? It's because they're terrified of that option. The media won't speak about me unless it's to hammer me or smear me. You know, yesterday I was interviewed on um, Brandon's show on Frank's speech. And the lady he was talking to was named Tony before me. I'm Tori afterwards, right? And it was incredible because she was being persecuted and harassed and defamed by the attorney general of her state. So I'm standing there at a campaign event doing, you know, this interview. And he's like, so what do you think? Like, she's being defamed by her G. I was like, yep. She, you know, I can totally relate to Tony <laughs> being chastised and defamed by her AG. Because this is what people in power do, right? They take advantage of their position. And they use that to minimize your value. Um Am I supposed to, like, do I do questions now? I mean, I, I, we didn't coordinate on the hand signals. I'm pretty good at remembering things. Yeah, so, I, yeah, in that way, um, we kind of wrap up and then take questions. So then, Okay, yeah, that's what I wanted to know. I, I, like, totally put Jamie on the spot right now. I did. She's, like, the most amazing campaign person. All of them are. My whole campaign is you guys in Ohio. So Secretary of State just... To tell you guys, the one thing that I want to do is remove the corporate influence from our from our 
political positions and appointees, right? Appointees because we appoint them, right, by electing them. And the one way we can do this is by terminating corporate funding of candidates. The minute you pull away PACs and corporations funding candidates, suddenly you're actually going to get to know the person that wants your vote, and suddenly it's going to be real people running for office. I was actually questioned that by a reporter, and he said, you can't do that. And I was like, why not? I can issue a directive. They'll sue you. I was like, great. And then the people of Ohio just support me and say, no, that's what we want. We don't want corporations. We don't need the party systems. We need ourselves because we know what's best for our communities. Not someone who's, you know, 2.5 kids, white picket fence. Not everyone's life is like that. And so, so that's one thing we can do. Um, another thing is obviously no machines, right? <laughs> I mean, we want to be able to look at the vote. You can't hack paper, and maybe we can get the paper even more reinforced by having anti-counterfeit technology like we do in our money. And so that's clearly important, right? Because um, if you could check your dollar bill in you know, a place that has tumbleweeds, I mean, you can't check that you're ballot is valid is insane. Um, and we'll use people to count it. We don't need machines. I think our eyeballs are okay. We're not idiots. And we know how to look at filled circles. Uh, you know, that's totally novel to the Secretary of State right now and the left and the right. They both need the machines, apparently. So aside from the machines and the ballots, small businesses, we need satellite offices. Toledo needs one, too where we can have actual, you know, IRS professionals sit down with you when you open up your business and give you advice, walk you through getting your EIN, where you can ask those questions, where they could tell you, hey, you're getting a business. This month, these banks are offering these things locally, Huntington Bank, Key Bank. Here's what they sent us. You can sign up for a bank account with your EIN here. This is the process. Maybe some courses teaching you what the differences are between LLC and Escort because they don't help you. And not only that, when you're going to run a campaign, you should have someone to answer questions because our campaign didn't have anyone. We're supposed to figure it out. And that's what they do because they're all corporate funded. They have these big campaign attorneys, tax attorneys. And I have single moms, single dads, married couples, right? <laughs> Retirees and, you know, single young people that are working on my campaign. You know, we're not that and no one would help. And on that note, just so you guys know, campaign finance is a big thing, right? And as you, I know a lot of you have complained about it. We don't take any cash donations. We do everything digital. So there's a footprint. And as, you, and, and as you know, you put your first and last name, it asks for your occupation. Some people put things like, my occupation is servant and my boss is God, right? Or they just say, none your business. Well, um, I, I believe that um, Les Wexner was very upset with my comments. He might be more upset next week. Um, you'll see why. Um, and um, he appointed one of his own people, the head of the ICC, to file a valid elector complaint against my campaign saying that, oh, they're just not filled in correctly. So listen, it's nothing. It's BS and we did everything correctly. But the thing is they wanted to cost me money. Do you see what they do? Do you see how they pay you back? They bury you. And this is why it's imperative that we use word of mouth and whatever we can do. 
because the media has come strong. The Ohio Republican Party has even paid to fund a page to slander me and people going around. They're literally paying people to talk about me. And that's amazing because they know I'm a threat and you haven't seen anything yet. So that's great. And you haven't seen what the people are. That's the thing. You're the threat, not really me. They just know that I'm not phased about it because like the barking dogs, like, who are you again? And why should I care? <laughs> right? It's all about us. So if you guys have any questions, maybe I haven't touched on anything, I'd love to hear them. Well, a lot of the kids watch you. Like my kid watches or he knows how to talk about stories. You you being here is the hope see 10 years from now 20 years from now our youth is going to look back and say at this period of time what were my parents doing did they just continue the two-party system right it, you know, did they continue just put their heads down and they were rebels, but quietly not wearing the masks or not getting the vaccines? Did they participate in fighting back or were they spectators or were they participants in the show? See, that's the thing. All of us should think about our children because, you know, you're you may not be here. Probably a lot of us won't be here when it really gets bad, but they'll reflect back and say, wow. That was weak. But all of you that filed lawsuits and affidavits, you've made history because you'll be the rebels on paper when they look back. That you filed your affidavit under somebody's lawsuit. You spoke up and you said no. Or you went up against the court by yourself and you said no. And while all those from their high thrones mocked you, the reason we're here today having conversations is because you did that. Don't let anyone tell you any different. And so you've just made your kids proud. So yeah, your mom made you proud because she's like standing up for her rights. And that's exactly what all of us should be doing. We shouldn't be afraid. You know, no one's going to tell you who you are. You already know who you are. And as you can see, there's a lot of people that think just like you. And individuality is amazing. And when you put a lot of individuals together, that's where the magic happens, right? So that's where we are. Um, any other questions? Yes. Squalor, yeah. Okay, so all businesses are something that we could help. But the rental businesses, that's actually very interesting because I haven't seen the laws in Ohio. But I've seen in other states, because I've had listeners of mine reach out, hey, what do you think of this? Can you think of a game theory that I can win on this one? Like in Florida, 
you know, they have like the um, Airbnb rentals, which are short term. How is that classified as a business and income? Right. So I haven't seen the Ohioans to answer on the record, but all businesses are included, including the ones that aren't on paper, like cottage farmers. You know, you've got 20 chickens, you have a lot of eggs and you want to sell them. Right. The reason the FDA comes at you is because it's not, well, we haven't food and drug administration hasn't given you the permit to make eggs. Right. Or, you know, we don't, you're not paying taxes on it because we don't know how many eggs your hens lay, right? Or something, right? There should be a division for the Amish and the cottage farm industry, which means you have chickens and you make a lot of eggs and you just sell them on the side. Or maybe you're great at making pies and you're a struggling, you know, woman with like five kids from different baby daddies. Nobody cares. But you're great at making pies. And one pie at a time, you start to get a name and then you can probably create a business. And so these people evade taxes, obviously, right? Because it's not like you're going to get a receipt when you hit them up on Facebook. Yo, I want a pie, right? Here's 20 bucks, right? Because I do that for real. <laughs> That's how I know that industry. I always, you know, with COVID, a lot of people lost their jobs and they were trying to get creative, right? So um, those people need some protections where they could be put into a kind of maybe create a program for those people that have like those Etsy businesses and stuff where it could be like a three or five year plan, depending on their growth to, you know, grow businesses, grow small businesses and talent because, you know, have you ever seen calligraphers on TikTok? No, that's mesmerizing, right? They make a lot of money just writing cards and stuff, right? But there's a lot of people that have that. I don't, I know that chicken scratches, but why can't they have an established business? A business takes a lot of money. Get your license, get your you know, bank account, get brick and mortar, get materials, order. That's a lot of money. But if you have established clientele with low taxes or some kind of program, state program that we can create at the Secretary of State's office, suddenly your calligraphy business can actually be a reality with a brick and mortar place where you can even teach classes and do whatever because you were afforded that opportunity and not hunted down by the IRS or, you know, the FDA because you make amazing pies, but they can't give you permits for it, you know? So all businesses are included. Um, yeah, they're, they're crappy landlords. I get it. You know, I've rented in my life, so I know. But, um, you know, it's all about how things are structured as a company. Sorry, I touched the microphone again. Any other questions? As Secretary of State, what can you do against corporations that try to force the police upon us? The police? I mean, your Secretary of State. Our old beliefs. Oh, I thought you said police. I was going to say, did you know that Frank LaRose became the police too? Um, someone asked me, a reporter from the Toledo Blade said, hey, what do you think of his new division, right? And it's like, yeah, apparently a secretary of state's the police now too. So, hey, right, that's a new hat he just invented. But then people are like, how are you going to do that? It's like, so he just became the police and you're asking me how I could do things. They're in my purview and jurisdiction. That's so weird. But beliefs, that's, that's it, here's beliefs. All those companies, all those companies that had fired Ohioans for not getting the vaccine, they're going to be walking in just like those New Yorkers did. They're going to pay them back pay for every single penny that they lost, right? And they will pay a fine if they don't re-put them back in their position. Because we do have a law, Article 1, Section 21, that says it is unconstitutional in the state of Ohio to force anyone to participate in any health care program, directly or indirectly. Right? No law, rule, or regulation. It says it in our Constitution. Yet they allowed it to happen. Therefore, they will pay that. And, you know, this is why they don't want to talk about me. 
This is why the media smears me. And this is why the Ohio GOP is terrified because they can't talk about Pfizer, right? Because they got millions from them. I can because the people are funding me. And this is why it's important that the people get together. Yeah. So no beliefs. And any restaurant that said that you can't sit down because you have no vax card, well, they're going to get fined for that. They're going to get fined. This is how we operate. Anybody that violates the Ohio State Constitution will be held accountable retroactively for what they did to Ohioans. That's damage already done, and they deserve compensation for that. Thank you for that question. Any other questions? Huh? <laughs> I can pop. I want to go over to Michigan. I hear they have nice food. Yeah, lights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have the 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 Arab food there. That's really good. Really good. Any other questions? Yes. I say yes. Any other questions? Because I know there's other people here, and Tony is. Tony, you're going to speak? Uh, well, I just wanted to say, Tony does self-defense for women, right? And he's running for office. I don't know much about him, but the fact that he's doing that, I think that's pretty awesome. You know, that he's he was like, hey, I want to talk, but I'm going. And I was like, don't worry, I can fill the time. We're good. Um, so I'm not going to introduce him. Someone else is, but thank you for that. All right. See you guys in a bit. <laughs> Isn't there isn't there a warrant that says that I'm five foot six? <laughs> Fucking internet. Yeah. You can't even get that right, right? <laughs> um, so uh, as you guys heard, there's a write-in and a Republican, and then me, the independent, who's conservative too. Um, so I was outside smoking because I admitted that I looked up who Tony was, and. Um, I didn't want to spoil what I was going to say, so I stepped outside. It's, as you can see, people are attempting, good people are attempting to get into office. People that have been around the block, that have seen what's done, and they may not have the answers for everything, right? Because there's a lot of people that ask questions, and then they're just like, give me the answer. And it's like, it's like when President Trump was supposed to decide about vaccines. I didn't know he was a doctor. Right. Why isn't he talking? Why does he have them? Because they're specialists. It's the fight that it's in someone that tells you where they're at. So for those of you that are watching that are not in Ohio, that are in other states, for those of you that are here, right? Remember that when you place your vote, you put it into someone that can fight for you. And, you know, if you were in my district, you'd have my vote. Because it's all about being transparent and straightforward and just being you and people vote for the you not because you're pretty or tall or short or round or not round funny or not I think I'm funny but they vote for you because they believe that you will represent them correctly and I feel and I didn't even hear your speech but I feel the Tony, you would represent your district very well. 
because, you know, you really wanted to come and speak to the people, but then you didn't want to let down the women you train self-defense. To me, that speaks volumes. And, you know, this is why I'm probably the only, you know, person out there that says, I trust Christopher Ray because I've seen him with his back up against the wall. And that's where you can see the merits of someone. When their back is up against the wall, how do they respond? Do they scream? Do they scratch? Do they stoop low? Or they, do they find that still and show exactly where their morals sit? And I saw his morals. Other people say he doesn't have any. I say he does because I've seen some really bad people in my life. And then there's Usher who's running as a write-in. Like he said, you know, and you, you know, he was even referenced in, in the suit by the secretary, the secretary of state who said he's considered an independent on the ballot. And we know that's not true. <laughs> he literally lied in the lawsuit. But, you know, his tenacity to go out there and ask, you know, for people's votes when he knows that they're going to have to jump extra hurdles. You know, he doesn't have it where you could just fill in his name. And the fact that you didn't sue them for not having the availability to have your full name, I would have been all over that. Never a phone call, always email. Because <laughs> I can point to someone in my campaign team that would have found that out before that was a question. They're wearing a blue shirt, but, you know, I won't point fingers. Because <laughs> um, they seem to know the answers to things before they pop up, which is amazing. And that's because, you know, every one of you has a superpower. So, you know, hopefully everyone will be encouraged in 2023 and 2024 to run. Run. You have absolutely nothing to lose. Absolutely nothing. In fact, it's a learning experience for me, for my listeners. You know, I told them a year and a half ago, <laughs> there's going to be a time where I'm not going to be doing shows. <laughs> but it's a really good lesson because it's taught me you know, politics from the inside. I've watched it from the outside. I've known politicians. I've worked with them, right? Actually, I, you know, let me be super transparent. So there's this rag called Raw Story, and they want to interview me, right? And they've done hit pieces like crazy, and they don't even count. It's like a digital inquire, Hillary and her alien baby, you know, kind of thing. And, you know, they ask me questions, that it's like, you know, how do you answer some of these questions that they ask you? Because they don't ask them to someone else. Are you getting my drift? Why is it that average people that are running? Well, okay, I'm a little bit not average. I've had some really weird bosses. And I was part of the high value intelligence group for both Bush and Obama. So I'm not average. Okay, I get it. But the political climate is bad. And I hope all of you that have seen how th the landscape has been in 2021 and especially 2022, because it is one of the most important elections. And, and that's because whoever is in office in your courts and in your Supreme courts and your governor and your secretary of state is going to be in charge of your presidential elections in 2024. It is imperative that you have conversations with almost everyone you know. And for those that believe in dilution, it's not dilution when you band together. And for those of you that think that you should just vote Democrat because that's what I did, it's not about banding together. Those that vote Republican, not banding together. It's about your community. Because usually once they get into office, 
they don't even know who you are. They won't call you. They won't text you. And you'll probably get some, what is it? The forms that they do online that nobody responds to, right? When you complain or you ask a question. And that's the sad reality. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, after these elections, Tony can take a look at his districts and maybe help lobby for the state of Ohio to have proper representation because the redistricting is completely out of control. Um, our voices are diluted. You know, as Secretary of State, that's something that I would do. Get rid of all these crazy shapes they have and cut up the counties correctly, not with weird shapes. Like, let's make it make sense. I mean, <clears throat> didn't we go to North Korea and just pick 45 degrees and cut a straight line and say that's north, that's south? Like, why are we making squiggly shapes in our own states? I mean, we just went to another country without asking them and split them up, you know, in a straight line. We can't do straight lines here. We can't keep it, you know, to make sense. For them, it made sense, 45th degree on latitude. So let's just go with that. So we can do similar things in, in our state. And, and every seat has power. But one of the most important things that I can encourage you, all of you to do um, is to focus on your state legislators. You know, I, I, you know the, the pedestrian things that I hear, and I think I made that clear to the guy at the Toledo Blade who said, well, what do you think about me, you know, that they postponed the primaries? And it's like, they have to draw authority. People like the Secretary of State and the governor have to draw authority. And um, in our state, there was a tax bill being pushed right before the pandemic happened. And in there, they snuck in two sentences to say, during a pandemic, we can postpone and cancel elections. I think the word was cancel, right? Was the word cancel? I don't remember. I think it was cancel. And it's like, okay, so they just put these random sentences in a tax bill that had nothing to do with it. And nobody saw it. See, President Trump showed you that too, didn't he? When he said they're making a bill and they're stuffing their pork in it. Where we're, oh, COVID this, but let's give to ballerinas. And oh, COVID that. And let's study minnows off the coast of Oman because COVID. You know, these are the things that we as Ohioans, and, and those of you that are in Michigan, right over the bridge, you need to be looking at your legislators. You need to be focused on what they're doing. Because one thing that I'm sure if you go to torysaid.com, I've said President Trump needed to keep his eye on the periphery. The federal government is the CNS, the central nervous system. But the periphery is important because you can have a brain and a spinal cord, but if you don't have hands and feet, are you going anywhere? You're just a torso. So your peripheries are very important. Our state politics are very important. Right. And we need to take heed of that and, and understand how important it is. I mean, hopefully I win secretary of state. I mean, you never know. I mean, that would be super fun. We'd be able to make change and, and pave the way. But I want you all to know that we already won, right? We already won on paving the way for those of you that want to run tomorrow as independents if you don't want the party. Because the party won't take you. You, you got to kiss the ring. They got to be desperate to have someone there too, right? If there's no one there and it's a Democrat area and you decide to run and you're the only one, they'll be like, fine, whatever, we'll take you. You got signatures, whatever, right? But the majority won't take you if you think for yourself. And so it's, it's, it's very important that, 
that, that we focus on the fact that we've already won. And, you know, I'm going to try my best to put my thinking hat on. And I know all the attorneys would require all the prayers they can so we can figure out a way to expedite this like nobody's business before the elections at the Supreme Court of the United States. These are unprecedented times, right? And they deserve the same unprecedented actions, but obviously not violating the law or getting anyone sanctioned, okay? <laughs> but it does take time because the Supreme Court does require special paper to be printed from a special printer, some weird sizes and booklets. I kid you not. The rules are archaic, but that's because you are understanding how we want. We're making case law for future generations. So for all of you that are contributing, you're part of that. And I want you to know we already won. Tony, you're going to have a lot of work to do in Toledo. So I, I wanted you to know that I'm extremely proud of you. And Usher, I'm very proud of you for standing up and, you know, uh, putting yourself out there, knowing you're in a, you know, at least I have a 4% chance. You're like 0.00, you know, I'm just saying like statistically, you know, yeah. And then there were polls that have been done. Now these are like unofficial, like pew polls, right? Because when they do the polls, they don't ask people what they are. The Republicans usually go to Republicans and then they go to staunch Democrats, so they're not actually, we all know the polls aren't real anyway, right? Because it's like Hillary won by 96%. And it's like, yeah, sure. Biden, you know, everybody loves him and he couldn't fill one COVID circle. You know, the polls aren't really real, but these unofficial ones that I've had from people that like computers like me, right? That have, you know, been able to engage random Ohioans, you know, I'm polling pretty high. And, um, you know, and it's just, and, and the majority pool are independents, but, you know, my people are good with computers and the majority of them are actually Democrats, which is weird. But again, I say it's because they don't like corporations and that's ingrained in them. And that was where the Democrats made a mistake. Right. Whereas the Republicans never made corporations look bad when they are. Look at the harm that Pfizer has caused our people in our state. And, you know, now I just saw an article being put out by um, Cardinal Vagano just went out where, you know, he clearly stated that, you know, this vaccine did not provide any protection whatsoever. And instead it has caused harm. Oh, and that's what I wanted to say with the Pfizer case. Here's an interesting thing. So as you guys know, the U.S. Army gave this vaccine. Sometimes when you sue or you want to execute some, like, let's get rid of Pfizer or hold someone accountable. But your government participated. The government doesn't like to be, doesn't want to make it clear or admit that they made a mistake. Could you imagine if the army has to stand and say, I intentionally gave an experimental vaccine that had no therapeutic you know, effects to, to the soldiers of the U.S. Do you know what the repercussions would be? Massive. We know they did just that. But apparently a filing that I saw fly around for Pfizer gave the military a way out to push the burden all on Pfizer. But obviously the people in top command will go, right? Because it'll be the unwritten spanking. You see how politics works? 
So we have one choice. We either hold the army and Pfizer accountable and that's never going to happen. Or do we give our government the ability to save some face and an out and hold Pfizer accountable and internally it would be created that it doesn't happen again. It sucks, doesn't it? Because it doesn't feel like you really win, but you win. Does that make sense? And that's what sucks and we need to fix that. And just consider that a little bit of quantum jumping right there so that you know how it turns out. That's how the story ends, right? We win, but we didn't really. The big win comes later. Because like I said, most of us won't be around when it's supposed to be really bad. I hope I annotate it this time because I think I maybe mumbled it. It's not going to get bad. It's supposed to get really bad. And we're not supposed to be here for when it's supposed to get really bad. Because right now, the fact that we're here changes everything. You should watch the movie Serendipity more. Have you guys seen that? Hey, right? Or the one sliding doors where she exits the doors and goes one way and her life goes this way and another. You guys just took a choice and were here. You guys took a choice and voted differently. You guys decided, you know what? I'm going to go independent. You know what? I'm going to go right in. You know, I'm going to run for office. That's your sliding door that you don't obey what they say. Oh, and by the way, I know you guys are in Toledo and just a handful of you are in Michigan, but enjoy the show is almost ready. So I was thinking that, you know, anybody in Toledo knows any movie theaters that we can rent so we can premiere it on a specific day across Ohio. I have two of them in Cleveland. I'm sure we have in Columbus, but I think, you know, it'll be private screening and, and slash campaign. So why not? So we'll have the press invited because, you know, it'll have me talking in the beginning of the video before it begins. So, um, <laughs> so hopefully any of you, just a movie theater, you know, you rent it for parties, right? You rent movie theater rooms for parties. So if anybody has a movie theater in the area, let me know. And you guys are going to watch a show that will change your life forever. But most of you that have been listening to me for a while have been watching that show and you've been putting the pieces together yourself. So you're probably going to be like, yeah, I knew that. Totally knew that too. Damn, this is really good. It's a great production because it says everything I know in order. And yet, and maybe I didn't know that. But this is going to be one of the biggest non, it's not red. It's not a red pill. It's not a black pill. It's a, damn, I just stood on the moon at 40,000 feet and looked down and it's like, whoosh, everything made sense. So um, I just want to tell you that. And those of you that are online and not in Ohio, I got something in the works. But for now, it's a campaign thing as far as the media is concerned. Tony, do you want to say anything to, there's thousands of people online, um, you know, come here, come here, take the floor. I uh, just wanted to say uh, early, <laughs> early, vo <laughs> early voting's open. Uh, vote Tony Diaz for State Senate District 11 uh, or on November 8th. Uh, thank you and God bless you all. Okay. okay, so I guess, you know, the event is done here. Um, I look super weird on camera. 
second t-shirt. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, um, thank you for joining me virtually. For those of you in Ohio, I'm not. And um, prayers are appreciated because a lot of um, mental juices are needed. And if any of us, anybody out there figures out a loophole, getting this done before the election is fantastic. That was a curveball. We were ready for just part two being cut out, so that was interesting. God bless everyone. Bye.